I wouldn't let them spend $500 on a virtual thing. But if you want to nickel and dime yourself up to $100 in a month, I'll let you know it's happening, but I'm going to let you do it if you have $100. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, financial grown-up friends. That was my new friend, writer KJ Del Antonia, talking about her kids and letting them splurge on virtual purchases. Something, by the way, we disagreed on. I got to meet her recently at Podcast Movement, and we bonded over all things money and parenting. When I heard she had a new book coming out, How to Be a Happier Parent, I was all over it. You knew she was coming on. This is a great interview. So welcome to our new listeners. For those of you just discovering us, we're so glad that you're here. And as our regulars know, we keep the shows short, around 15 minutes, so you can fit it into your busy life. But we also know some of you have more time, so we do three a week. Feel free to listen to a few at a time. Subscribing will make this easier. Don't forget, go into the settings, set up auto download, then you don't have to do anything more. Automate your podcast like you automate your savings. Let's get to KJ. Her book is super practical, and I love this part. Very specific. It's like a roadmap. Very well-researched, but it also has a lot of information about her family life, which is fascinating, by the way. She talks a lot about it in her interview. Here is KJ Del Antonia. Hey, KJ Del Antonia. You're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You are the author of so many things, but most recently, How to Be a Happier Parent, which no one needs. Ha 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 ha. We all <laughs> no need this. All. We all need this so badly. And you're the perfect person because you are the former lead editor of the New York Times Motherload. You're still involved in that kind of writing as well. So congratulations on the new book, which is coming out. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited. And this is the perfect podcast for you because you were basically born a financial grown-up. Tell us your money story. (laughs) I was definitely raised a financial grown-up. I'm an only child, and my dad in particular was really determined that I would understand the value of a dollar and understand how the financial system worked. You know, people say there are those who understand compound interest and then there are those who pay it. He was determined that I would be the one who understood it. So what was his job? What was his background? You know, he's in computers. Okay. So he was not a financial advisor. It's just money's an important part of life. And it was important to him that it be something that I understood. So if I had a lemonade stand, I had to pay for all the ingredients and justify how much we were spending versus how much we were making. As I got older, if I needed a loan for something, he would charge me interest. And I would really, I mean, I had to pay him every month, certain amounts. He set up a checking account for me really early. He got me a credit card really early that I got the bills for. And I mean, to have missed a payment and paid interest on that credit card. I mean, I I can think of nothing more shameful. Oh, no. So now... So now you are officially the financial grown-up of the household. You have four children. I do. How is this now translating into how you are teaching them to be independent financial adults, and then therefore you will be a happier parent? That is the hope. 
We do give them an allowance. It is not in exchange for work. That's a Ron Lieber tip that I have completely embraced. He's the author of The Opposite of Spoiled. And I will pay them for jobs that I would pay someone else to do. So now they are 17, 14, 12, and 12. And the 17-year-old and the two 12-year-olds take care of the lawn because I paid someone else to take care of the lawn. In our house, you have to pay for your own electronics. So if you want a phone, you have to save up. You have to be able to pay the monthly bills for it. So before we were recording, you joked, but I think you were also somewhat serious, that you are not as good at teaching your children to become financial grownups as your dad was in your case. So what's different? When I was growing up, I wanted Gloria Vanderbilt jeans or Doc Martens or whatever. My kids want Fortnite money. <laughs> so I feel like helping them to sort of keep track of digital money is is really challenging. Yeah, so what do you do? And I've had this happen where your kid wants money to buy something that is virtual. It's an in-app purchase that's not actually a thing. It's like a new avatar or something that, for me at least, I really don't want them to ever spend a penny on, ever. You're okay with them buying these virtual things in these games? Once it's their money, I'll talk to them. And at the end of a month, I might say, you know, do you realize how much you spent? Or especially when it comes, you know, I've got one now that wants a phone. Boy, you better bet I'm going, yeah, look how much you spent on Pokemon Go. You could have had a quarter of a phone for that. Once it's their money, I pretty much let them spend it on whatever they want within some limits. I wouldn't let them spend $500 on a, a virtual thing. But if you want to nickel and dime yourself up to $100 in a month... I'll let you know what's happening, but I'm going to let you do it if you have $100. Can you tell me for each of them quickly, what are their primary income streams? Is it all just for tasks that you would pay other people for, or are there other things that your kids are doing to earn this, this money? I have a 17-year-old. He has a small business selling maple soda and maple iced tea at our farmer's market. He's struggling to make a profit in it, but he's finally getting there. He's got allowance saved, and we also have a small farm. So I will pay him for farm work. You know, he's hauling hay bales and driving the tractor. And when we're in really the throes of farm work, I hire his friends as well. So he makes $15 an hour from me. My 14-year-old daughter is a huge babysitter. So she gets paid to babysit. In fact, she doesn't do any lawn work. She doesn't want to do lawn work. And she's got her income stream. She babysits. The other ones do mostly lawn work for me and allowance and saving up birthday gifts still. But they're both only 12. So what is the lesson from this? What advice do you have for parents in the situation teaching kids about money? If you can set them up with some kind of savings where they can see the interest coming in. My dad um, my dad actually had something where they would mail me a little tiny check for the interest. I'm not sure how he came up with that. But, you know, I get these minuscule checks, but it was neat and it was educational. And if you have to have sort of virtual money, as we do, I mean, all this allowance that I'm talking about, it tends to be... It tends to be virtual. We use an app. Make sure you talk about what's going in and what's going out. All right, let's talk about your everyday money tip. I've done this, so I was really excited to hear this. Go for it. If you have kids and you're traveling with kids and this would make you happier, book two hotel rooms. 
Uh, there was a woman in my book who was talking about this and, and she had a partner and she was like, you know, no sex on vacation is not a good vacation. And so that's <laughs> part of the reason. But part of the reason is just for your own sanity. You know, you've little ones, you put them to bed, you retire to your own room, you get an adjoining room, spend a little less time in the location and a little more money on making that a more comfortable experience. One day less, you probably won't miss. You'll still really have the experience. Right. I love that idea. Yeah. I feel like one day less, but a more pleasant days that you have there is going to be worth it. My folks would have said, but you're just sleeping there because we're going to get up and go. You know, you got to decide what works for you. Yes. And that's a lot of the themes in your book, How to Be a Happier Parent, which is coming out right as the kids are heading back to school. So it's a perfect time for parents to really be proactively thinking about parenting and the decisions that they make and the systems that we put in place when we get back into our routines in the fall. I love this, this quote. It's hard to find happiness when every day is a race against a clock we don't set. Yeah. Part of what I'm trying to do in the book is help you to set the clocks you do control. So we talk about mornings, homework, screen time, all the stuff that as we, like you said, get back into our normal routines, we're really looking and going, okay, how are we going to handle that this year? One other part of the book I love is it's there's four things that can make parents happier. Parents who say that they're happier in their parenting, that they feel sort of better about it, they tend when their kids are younger to be on the more involved side. When they are parents of older kids, they tend to describe themselves as doing things that encourage independence in their kids. So that's one thing, it's sort of that that evolution from helping to letting go and letting your kids do what they're capable of. Happier parents have a real mindset of recognizing when things are pretty good, even if some things are bad. You know, looking around at a moment when the kids are bickering and maybe there's a lot of homework and dinner's not on the table and recognizing to yourself that, hey, it's a rough evening, but really, overall, this is what I wanted. We're all healthy. We're all happy. We're here together. And just soaking in, soaking in that good feeling. Happier parents also, they know what's really big. I call it what's a tiger and what's not a tiger. And most of the things in life that stress us on behalf of our kids are not a tiger. There will always be another balloon. There will always be another, you know, lost Thomas train. There'll always be another best friend and there's another college. Those things are, you know, when things go wrong for our kids, it's stressful, but typically it's not a tiger. And the last thing that happier parents tend to say is that they don't put their children's everyday needs above their own. So when they're looking at something like what to serve for dinner or where to go on vacation, they don't pick based on what'll make the kids happy. They pick based on what's going to make the family happier. Sometimes we should be looking at him and going, you know, I'm sorry, I can't run you to Jesse's house because I've got a tennis game in 10 minutes. You'll have to find another way to get there. Exactly. And I do have a pretty regular tennis game on Saturday mornings with my friend. And and you know what? I get home and my son gets to sleep a little late and it's okay. Yeah. And it's important for us to stick to activities. And you talk about this in the book too, to stick to activities that made us happy before we had kids and just keep doing it. And it sets a good example for them. Tell us more about the book where they can see you, where they can learn more about you and all that good stuff. The best way to find me is kjdelantonia.com. You'll also find me um, in the New York Times. There's a couple of excerpts from the book that are running or have run one in the Boston Globe as well. And 
howtobeahappierparent.com will will also work. All the URLs, all the things. On Instagram, I'm at KJDA, and everywhere else, I'm KJ Delantonia. Excellent. Well, thank you for all that you do for all of us parents. We truly appreciate it. And a lot of what you say actually goes for just about everyone in people that you deal with in your everyday life. Great perspective. And congratulations on the new book. Thank you. I love that KJ isn't afraid to do things differently from her parents, even though she admits they did a good job teaching her to be financially responsible. Financial grown-up tip number one. As we raise kids, we may think that our strategy to teach kids to be financially responsible will be the same as other parents, but think again. Some people will insist they want to pay kids for everything. Some don't believe in paying kids for things they should be doing as a member of the family. There are parents who will, this is true, give teenagers credit cards or debit cards with zero restrictions saying, I don't want them to think we can't afford something. Or they say they'll monitor their spending and this way they can see everything going on and have a discussion about it. I can see the logic. Or they just don't want to bother to talk to their kids about it because they're busy so life goes on and there's no plan and no cap on spending. They just kind of give the kids money haphazardly. Whatever you decide, make it deliberate. And I do think it is a good idea to get ideas from other parents, but don't feel pressured to do what they do. Just because your kid's bestie has an unlimited credit card doesn't mean you have to do that too. My siblings and I, for example, we had to present a budget to our parents at the beginning of, let's say, a semester of school. And then if they approved it and funded it, we had to live within that. And that was that. Financial grown-up tip number two. I love KJ's tip about travel. The truth is, if you prefer to stay at a nicer hotel or have that extra room like KJ says, just make the trip a little shorter. You'll still have the experience and it will cut down on the tension and make the whole thing a lot more enjoyable. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Tell us more about your financial grown-up experiences. DM me. I am at Bobby Rebel on Twitter, Bobby Rebel one on Instagram, and on Facebook at Bobby Rebel. And to learn more about the show, go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash financial grown-up podcast, which will also get you to the show notes. Those are always at bobbyrebell.com forward slash and then the guest name, in this case, KJ Del Antonia. And thanks to KJ for sharing such great tips and insights, helping us all get one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.